What's going on, everyone? It's Amy J here, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Brain Meets Mind. If you understood the pun in the title, I'm sending you some extra brownie points today. And if you didn't, let me just tell you that is not a typo. (laughs) As part of the February series, we are talking about the effect of love on both the brain and the body today, and whether it's your relationship with your loved ones, a connection to your romantic partner, or a deep compassion for serving and caring for others. We are talking about it all. Here we go. I want to share a couple things. One, I'm traveling right now, so if you hear any other noises in the background, I do apologize for that. Second, I have a makeshift pillow fort sitting right around me, so I'm trying my very, very best to make sure this audio is nice and clear for you. And third, I want to share that the timing of this episode holds special meaning for me because I'm currently speaking to you from Boston as I visit my grandparents, whom I've missed and love dearly. While I had originally intended for this episode to be about romantic love and relationships, I hope that by covering a broader range of topics today, everyone will have something to relate to, no matter what your relationship status looks like. In the neuroscience field, love is one of the most studied and yet least understood concepts. Yet, there's a firm understanding of the role of dopamine in making us feel loving towards others. I've talked about dopamine before, but what's especially important, even in the context of love, is the idea that high levels of dopamine play a substantial role in keeping the brain's reward circuit intact. The happiness hormone is supported by a variety of other chemical messengers, including serotonin and, believe it or not, even cortisol. According to a neurobiology study from Harvard Medical School, when the levels of stress hormone increase as you're falling in love, the levels of serotonin are soon depleted. This decrease in serotonin is thought to be the reason for physiological and emotional responses that come with feeling some type of way for someone. These include a faster heartbeat, the act of blushing, and feelings of passion and anxiety at the same time. For those who are in long-term relationships, psychologists believe that passionate love becomes compassionate love over time. That's not to say that we fall out of love, rather our behavior becomes more commitment-oriented. A potential explanation for this is the relationship between oxytocin, which is a hormone that triggers calmness and security, and vasopressin, which is linked to behavior associated with long-term relationships. So does this mean that it's possible to be madly in love with someone even after years and years of marriage? According to a group of researchers from Stony Brook, the answer is yes. After conducting a series of MRIs on couples who had been together for at least an average of 21 years, they found that the amount of activation in dopamine-rich areas of the brain was the same as that for couples that had recently fallen in love. This means that for all the couples that outlived the catch, having a lifelong love is definitely a possibility. If you're a listener who happens to be a podcast junkie like I am, you may have thought about starting your own. As 
someone who knew nothing about editing audio, creating an RSS feed, and publishing episodes, I'm so thankful to have found Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is the easiest way to launch a podcast as they give you everything you need to get started. They hooked me up with my own personalized website, audio players to add to other sites, detailed analytics, and tools to help advertise my show. They distribute the episodes to every major podcast streaming platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so many more. Plus, they're sending me to PodFest 2020, which is a podcast conference happening later this year, so they're giving me all the tools that I need to continue growing my show in incredible ways. To start your own podcast and to get a $20 Amazon gift card, feel free to follow the link in the show notes below. This lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you and helps support the show as well so that I can continue to bring you great content. Now, back to the show. When it comes to our loved ones in general, it's thought that our feelings towards those who are near and dear to our hearts are associated with some of the earliest evolved parts of our brains. The findings of the Harvard study that I mentioned earlier can also be extended to our relationships with our friends and family. All right, so this is an extensive study, so I'll give you the TLDR version here, and I'll leave it in the show notes for you below in case you want to check it out later on. But basically, when subjects were shown a series of images of several different people, including strangers and their loved ones, their fMRIs revealed a similar type of activation in dopamine-rich areas just as we would expect to see when shown images of their romantic partners. This is just another reminder that while we may all experience love differently, the origins of our emotional experiences and emotional tendencies, especially with regards to love, are deeply rooted within our minds in similar ways. This week's challenge is a simple one. I don't know about you, but for me, it's so easy to let Valentine's be a constant reminder of just how single I am. (laughs) If that sounds relatable, just remember, you definitely do not have to be in a relationship to be a compassionate, loving individual towards those around you. So this week, I just want you to tell someone that you love them or you appreciate them. Let them know how much they mean to you. I'm texting all my friends and family right now, and I'm sending you all of my love all the way from Boston to wherever you may be. I'll see you next Monday for another new episode, but until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you.